Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Down the blind, Andrew Jones. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won the grand final. He's got the ball. Jared Hayes. Superstar, superhuman. Polly Modulite. The speed of the ball. He hits it. He's got it. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Just got a few spare minutes here Sunday night, so I'm going to run through a few things that I picked up on and some things that we learned from round 10 of the NRL. Uh, obviously, the Thursday night game between the Canberra Raiders and the Sydney Roosters, absolute belter of a game. I've already dropped a podcast on that one, so if you want to have a listen to my thoughts on that game, plenty to d- dive into there from that classic game of footy from two of the top teams in the NRL. You can listen to my last podcast. I believe it's entitled something along the lines of No Hodgson, No Worries, talking about how they the Raiders rallied without Joshy Hodgson with their siege mentality. Uh, today, I'm just going to dive into what I saw in round 10, some standouts for me. We'll still have our top five players from round 10 later in the week, so I'll touch on a few of them tonight, but I'll have a deeper dive later in the week in this podcast. Let's kick it off with the Friday night games. Friday night, we saw the Melbourne Storm knock over the Gold Coast Titans 42-6. to Two guys that really impressed me out of this game, of course, Cameron Smith, the old goat. I've said a few times, I think he's the best player to ever play the game. I don't think we're ever going to see a better player than Cameron Smith, and I don't think we're ever going to see anyone dominate their position like Cameron Smith has. Uh, I, when I spoke to Bernie Gurr the other day, he spoke about Arthur Beetson, that it's Arthur Beetson. The next best front rower is Daylight, and then it's probably Glenn Lazarus. There's a big gap between first and second for him. For Cameron Smith, it's Cameron Smith one. I don't even know. I, I, I don't know the distance from second to third, but third for me would then be Steve Walters, and the gap between Steve Walters and Cameron Smith now is absolutely massive. I don't think we'll ever see a better player than Cameron Smith. He's an absolute freak to be doing what he's still doing at age 37. Just incredible stuff. The other guy that I really enjoyed watching, I you know, I can't speak about him enough, was, of course, Cameron Munster. I just love the way he went about his work the other night. I spoke on my page about the try that he scored where he just took on the line. Now, that's a, you know, I, I remember watching your Laurie Daly, your Andrew Johns, your Brad Fittlers. They just knew when to impose their body on the line, but they were doing it in their, you know, age 30-plus. Cameron Munster's doing it at 25, off an injury. In my, posi- in my opinion, too, he's playing out of position. 
Fullback is definitely his best position. He's taking on the 5'8th role, and in my opinion, he's the best 5'8 in the world playing out of position. He's an absolute freak. He's doing things that a 25-year-old shouldn't be doing yet. And I think over the next few years, he's going to be a really special prospect, Cameron Munster. The second game on Friday night was the West Tigers against the Broncos. A few big talking points here. Um, I've talked a lot about Harry Grant this year. I think he's been he was fantastic the other night, just incredible. Um, I think right now he's the best hooker in rugby league. Cameron Smith is a better player, but right now the form hooker in rugby league for me is Harry Grant by a country mile. The other guy I want to touch on, and I mentioned in my preview last week that I thought he'd do really well, and he really impressed me, was uh, the young 5'8", Billy Walters. I really like the way he plays. He's a running 5'8". That's what you need in the modern game now, especially with a hooker like Harry Grant. To have to have Billy Walters able to take on the line and get on the front foot with him, it's fantastic. You really saw him make the most of it. And his combination with um, Luciana Leilua, who I believe is coming on the podcast later this week, really excited to hear from him. If he's not the most improved player in rugby league, I'll eat my hat. What he's done, the way he's transformed his game from you know a bit of an excitement machine with a heap of off- offloads, but he was also a spot defender last year. And now he's transformed his game into just a hard-working back rower. It's got Michael Maguire written all over it, and he's really impressed me. A lot of things impressed me about the Tigers. On the other side of the coin, the Brisbane Broncos didn't score a single point, are in all sorts. I've spoken enough about their team and their squad over the last few weeks and their coach. The thing that has shocked me the most is this ultimatum that the Brisbane board have given Anthony Seabold. Win five of your ten last games, so win 50% of your games from here on, and you'll remain as coach. It is an absolute disgrace where the Brisbane Broncos are now. The fact that a proud club like the Broncos... You know, you. one could argue they're the most successful club in the NRL. They've only been around for 33 years or something. They've won six premierships. That's a premiership every five years on average. You could argue they're the most successful club in the NRL. And here we are saying that if they win 50% of their games, they're okay with that. It blows me away. I think it's an all-time low for the Brisbane Broncos and the board... They have to man up here and make some tough decisions, make some tough calls to save their club in the long run because they are in serious trouble and being happy with winning 50%, that's a low point for the Gold Coast Titans or one of the other teams at the bottom. For the Brisbane Broncos, it's an absolute disgrace. Saturday kicked off at Wynn Stadium with the St. George Illawarra Dragons taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, end score, you know, St. George, they won 28-22. They won on the very last play. Poor old uh, Marcelo Montoya dropped the ball. Uh, Cole landed in Corey Norman's hands, and he ran away and scored and then put on the old Mark Piggy Riddell, which I absolutely loved. Um, look, both teams, um, it was a good, you know, it, it was a good game between them. I think that both of those teams were very lucky they came up against each other because I think they really would have struggled against just about any other team in the NRL the other day. I mean, you look at uh, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, they scored a try in the opening minute. I believe it's the fastest try of the entire 2020 season. They scored it in under a minute. Matt Dufty it was off a kick and a freakish offload. So, you know, it's not your average try. It's an unbelievable try you don't see very often. And they still, you know, you had that go go your way in the opening minute. Uh, they, sc- they scored another try in the seventh minute. So they had a lot go their way in their first 10 minutes. And it really disappointed me that it took 
a play like that at the end of the game for the Dragons to dust over the Bulldogs. I don't think the Dragons, you know, it, it's good for the Dragons to get a win, but they'd be far from happy from that win considering how the game started and what had to happen for them to win it. At the same time, though, they did score five tries. Canterbury only scored three. Um, you know, Canterbury took their opportunities and put away uh, two penalty goals along with their three conversions. Uh, look, for Canterbury, this Luke Thompson, he looked sensational. It sort of flowed under the radar, his performance, but I thought he was fantastic. He just brings a new edge to them. And I think that they also lost Kieran Foran for the majority of that game. Uh, you know, losing Foran makes it really tough for Canterbury. I thought they did a really good job. Steve Georgialis, you know, it, it, you, you see this quite often that a new coach comes in or the interim coach comes in and it's just a fresh voice and it just has a, has a new effect on the team, which I think it definitely did the other day. I think the one thing I'd be looking at, and I've been saying it for a while, I, I, I think you need to find a spot for young Wakeham. He's just got so much ability and he's just, he's just got a little spark about him and I think they need him in that footy team. And I think long-term he's going to be the halfback at Canterbury and I think they need to get him into that side now. The more time he spends playing alongside Kieran Foran, the better for his development and he's one that I would be heavily heavily focusing on if I was the Canterbury Bulldogs coach. The second game was between the South Sydney Rabbitohs and Newcastle Knights. Um, sort of a game of two halves to some extent. The first half belonged to the Newcastle Knights. They put on you know, a pretty impressive performance in that first half and it wasn't until the end of the second half that you saw the South Sydney Rabbitohs really click into gear and Damien Cook get on the front foot. Um, I think for South Sydney, the way that Damien Cook played in that last 20-odd minutes, it's scary to think if they could get it right for the rest of the year with these new rules and get on the front foot, it's scary what Cookie and Cody Walker could do this year. I mean, I guess we all sort of expected them to come out of this break and with these change in the rules just be absolute superstars and killing it in the NRL. It hasn't quite gone that way. It's taken them a while to adjust, um, but... If they can keep up what they did the other day, the sky's the limit for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The other guy I'll talk about, and I'll, I'll mention him more in my top five this week because he's going to rank very highly. I thought Caelan Ponga's game was unbelievable. And I'll talk more about it later in the week, but I think we just need to be patient with KP. He's obviously trying to develop his game on the right-hand side. The, the, in reality, the Newcastle Knights are not going to win a comp in the next 10 years if their million-dollar man is playing down a corridor on the left edge. He can get away with it now because he's got Mitchell Pearce there, but he knows long-term his game, it needs to change, and it needs to include a, a potent attacking game on the right edge, which he's starting to develop. It's going to take time. It's going to cost you super coach points. But Caelan Ponga and the Newcastle Knights are not in the super coach points business. They're in the premiership business. And for the Newcastle Knights to be successful, he needs to be able to play on both sides of the field. And he knows that. I, the thing I love about Caelan Ponga, and I said it on my page the other day, is that he's comfortable with being uncomfortable. He'll put himself on the side that he knows... Everything isn't going to work for him. It's not going to come easy, but he puts himself there because he wants to improve. He wants to be a better footballer, and he wants the Newcastle Knights to be a better team, and he knows this is the way to do it. Very impressive by Caelan Ponga. They wouldn't have won that game without him the other night. The last game on Saturday night between the Manly Seagulls and the Parramatta Eels. Manly came home with a win, 22-18. to 18. I'll start with the Eels first. I mean, in this game, they were missing Moses 
Moses, Madison, a couple of others, you know, some really big losses in that team. They lost 22 to 18. I mean, after 16 minutes, they were down 16 nil. So to only lose by four points, you know, from that point on, it was 18 to four. Um, they just didn't get off the bus to start the game. And, you know, that'll be something that Brad Arthur will address this week. And they'll be copying an absolute hounding. He was not happy after that game. Regardless of them missing those um, key players, they had to show better than that. They're a better footy team than that. Still, I don't think they'll have a worse start to a game of footy this year. And they lost by four points at Brookvale Oval. Pretty impressive stuff by the Eagles. Uh, One guy I'll touch on is Jai Field. I said three weeks ago when Mitch Moses went down that Jai Field... He's a really talented footballer, and he'll be really effective for three to four weeks, which he has been. But I think the other night you could. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. See, teams are starting to work him out and they're starting to know that if you can make him make 25 tackles, he'll miss five or six of them and they targeted him the other day. Jai Field has been fantastic for the last three or four weeks. He's patched a hole for Mitch Moses perfectly, but they're desperate for Moses to come back now. They need him back, and Dylan Brown needs him back as well now. They've done really well to keep their head above water while he's been out. I'm hearing he will return next week, which is absolutely massive for the Parramatta Eels. I haven't looked at their draw for next week, but, geez, I wouldn't want to be taking on the Eels next week because they are going to be out to take names next week. I'm just having a look who they have got next week. they got the Tigers on Thursday night. Short turnaround. That'll be an absolute cracker on Thursday night. That'll be a brilliant game. As for the Manly Seagulls, you know, no Adam Fenor Blake. He was voted in the players' poll last week to be the best front rower in the game. So to win that game without him, massive. Also, no, no Tom Travojevic, obviously, who's just an incredible player. I thought Cherry Evans was fantastic. I haven't done my top five for this week, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cherry Evans sneaked in there. He had a really, really quality game, as did the hooker, Danny Levi. The start of his game was unbelievable. I've been a bit uncertain on Danny Levi, but, geez, he had a really good game the other night. I guess the worrying thing for Manly would be that they scored all their points in the first half. They led 22 to six at half time, I believe, and one twenty two eighteen. Bit of a worry to finish the game there, but you'll take four points over the Parramatta Eels any day of the week without Tom Travojevic and Adam Fenua Blake. Good win by the Manly Seagulls. Don't count them out of this premiership race just yet. Sunday afternoon kicked off with the New Zealand Warriors taking on the Cronulla Sharks. Um, you know, once again with the Warriors, they've got a lot going on. They It is just shit upon shit stacked against them. It is absolutely brutal at the moment, and I think this is going to be the unfortunate reality of their season moving forward. Um, you know, the, there's, there's three or four blokes that are going home this week, which is just going to make life even more difficult. Um, nothing but respect for the Warriors for still playing in this comp. Um, over to the Sharks... You know, this they love coming up against a team that's asking for a slapping and they play incredible footy, they play confident footy and most of the time it comes off the back of Sean Johnson. We've seen him over the last few years. If he if he could do this consistently, he would be the best player in the NRL. We just don't see it consistently. 
He loves coming up against these sides and absolutely giving it to them. And I really, I hope for the Sean Johnson's sake and I hope for the Cronulla Sharks' sake, we start to see this sort of footy against the top sides. If he plays with this sort of confidence, it will work against those sides. The The, the rules of the NRL, they literally, they help Sean Johnson's game. They... They, they work towards front foot footballers who are willing to take risk and take on the line and run the ball. And that is Sean Johnson. He doesn't he comes into games against easier sides that he knows is a good thing against with a different mindset, with a confident mindset. Then we come up against the good sides and Sean Johnson goes missing. He doesn't back himself. He doesn't take the same risks. I really hope that we start to see this sort of footy. He just needs to take them on like he does against these sides. Like, I, I know it's just super coach, but when you go back and you look through his scores over the years and some of his scores against the bottom four, bottom five teams, they're incredible because he plays exciting footy against, against them. He backs himself and he takes them on. I really want to see this from Sean Johnson for the rest of the year. They're without Matt Moylan. They need some spark and he needs to take big punts and takes risks and back himself. He's well and truly got the ability to do it. I really hope we see more out of Sean Johnson over the next few years, and especially this year, because he's got all the ability in the world. And as a rugby league fan, I feel robbed that I haven't seen this enough from Sean Johnson, that I only see it when they come up against bottom four, bottom five sides. I'm real, I really hope we see more from Sean Johnson. I'm repeating myself now, but it's something I'm passionate about because he is such a good footballer, and he's such a unique talent. He's a once-in-a-generation footballer, has ability like no one we've seen. And we need to see more of it. Moving to the second game, the Penrith Panthers and the North Queensland Cowboys. For the Panthers, I thought this was the best game I've ever seen Nathan Cleary play. In that last 20 minutes, he was unbelievable. He will feature heavily in my top five this week. So I'll leave it there and I'll talk more about him later. But that Panthers left edge where they've got Luai, Kikau, Stephen Crichton, Joshy Mansour. If they can start to just get that right week in, week out. They will be the best left left edge in rugby league. They are terrifying, but they're just, they're always off the mark, or there's always a pass going behind the man, or their timing's a little bit off. There's just something wrong every time they go there. If Ivan Cleary can get this sorted, they will be absolutely incredible. Kick out. He was voted the most damaging um, second rower in rugby league by all the players last week. They're scared shitless of taking him on. They need to use him properly. Jerome Luai needs to be turning him under at pace, coming off the back fence. They need to be using him as a decoy and then finding Stephen Crichton out the back at top speed. There is so much potential on that left edge for the Penrith Panthers. They should be scoring every single time they get within 10 metres. There is so much ability there. Joshy Mansell, he's playing the best footy I've ever seen him play at the moment. He's breaking tackles at will. He's playing confident footy, and he's got an absolute genetic freak in Stephen Crichton inside him. Stephen Crichton is doing amazing things, and I think he's so far from the best we're going to see of him this year. I think in the back end of this season, he's going to absolutely explode. I think Dylan Edwards went off injured. I love Dylan Edwards. Great footballer. But, geez, when they, when they over the next week or two, if Stephen Crichton gets to play fullback, that could be absolutely anything. Giving him a few games at fullback, it could really be the key that opens the door to Stephen Crichton. He could absolutely explode. If they play the Titans next week, that could be a Stephen Crichton-a-thon, and that could be the confidence game that he needs to really take it to the NRL this year. He's done well so far, but he's got a couple a couple more gears that he can go up. I've seen him play a lot of Reggies. 
He is just a natural freak. I said before a ball was kicked this year, he's the next Israel Folau slash Greg Inglis. He's got that much ability, and I believe in this kid so much. I think the end of this season, you're going to see something special from Stephen Crichton. The other man that really impressed me from the Penrith Panthers, and I said at the start of the year that I see him playing Origin the next two to three years, and he's finally got his chance this year with the injury to Kurt Cable, Liam Martin. He is an incredible back rower. He's such a tough, gritty little competitor. I love the way he plays his footy. His I'm assuming over the next few years he'll make that right edge spot his own. I'm not sure where Cable's going to end up, but I don't think you can keep Liam Martin out of that side. The combination he's going to start to form with Nathan Cleary on that edge, it's going to be something special, and I think it's going to get him into a couple of rep sides over the next few years. He's one to watch Liam Martin, a really tough hombre, and he he's one of those dogs. He just fights for the bone. He fights for every tackle. He fights for every meter. I love what Liam Martin brings to that side. He is fantastic. The other man had a, another good game, Api Curacao. I guess he set the mark so high for himself this year that he sort of Went unnoticed in that game to be some, to some extent, but I really like what he brings. He's such a talented footballer. I said at the start of the year he'd be the missing puzzle piece to the Penrith Panthers, and I think that's exactly what he's been. He is playing some fantastic footy. Over to the Cowboys. What about their fullback, Hammer? He is something special. There's, there's something about some players that you can't describe, but you just know it when you see it, and it's an X factor. And this kid has got it in truckloads. That try he scored... Just unbelievable. There was blokes missing him with outstretched arms. They weren't getting near him. There was a moment there where he, he pushed off a tackle, and I think there's only a handful of guys in the NRL that wouldn't have lost their balance and fallen over, and Hammer's one of them. He is an absolute freak. I love what he does. He's a really good footballer. Um, Arcee, the guy that... Uh, sorry, Assy that came on um, and made his debut. I believe it's his first game. Sorry, he was really impressive. He's a good little six with a, with a big future ahead of him. Josh Maguire put in an absolute shift again. He's having a massive season. His his stats, as they have been all year, incredible. 54 tackles. He ran for 200 metres, 22 hit-ups. Really impressive stuff. Um, Reese Robson, as you all know, is a guy I've had huge raps on. I wasn't overly impressed with him today. The guy that really caught my attention was uh, Ruben Cotter that came off the bench. He looked really electrifying. I think if you're Jakey Granville, you're sitting there very nervous. I think Jake Granville, he might be starting to look at um, other options in the NRL or maybe in England because these two, between Reese Robson and this Cotter, he looks to be the real the real deal. He was punching really good holes in there for the Cowboys when he came on, and I think you'll start to see him used more and more. If you're a Reese Robson owner, I'd probably be looking to maybe trade up if you've got him in your draft comps because I think this kid is going to start to play more and more impact. Uh, Cohen Hans, I was a little bit disappointed by him today. His defense, especially up against Nathan Cleary, I felt like Nathan Cleary was like a schoolboy bully today against him, really gave it to him. I'm expecting a big bounce back from Cohen Hans next week. Thanks again for tuning in to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Stay tuned this week. We've got an absolutely loaded week coming up. We've got our interview with Craig Fitzgibbon that we'll be doing later today. So that'll be dropping later in the week. Then we've got our Round 11 preview along with our Round 10 Top 5 Players of the Week. So it's a big week of podcasts coming up. Then early next week, we've got our interview with former New Zealand Warriors legend Clinton Torpy. 
such an entertainment machine back in his day and such an interesting conversation about his career. You know, spanned 12 odd years. He was a superstar for the Kiwis, went to the 2002 grand final with the New Zealand Warriors, uh, moved over to England, reconnected with Ali Lawatiti and a few of the other Kiwi boys over with the Leeds Rhinos, then came back for the Gold Coast Titans. And in that time, he also um, he had a really lucrative offer to go and play rugby union. And he, um, you know, he openly says that it had nothing to do with the love of rugby union. It was just for money. And it's a crazy story about how that just crumbles right in front of his eyes. It's a cruel reminder of um, the unfortunate reality of professional sport. A great chat that I know you'll love. It's a big 10 days coming up on the Rugby League Guru podcast. And I know you'll enjoy it. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review and share with all your mates. Keep kicking the corners and always play smart footy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 